0: Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Dom. Hey, I am Dom, and I'm joining you. And Jordan. Who watches the Watchmen? Who watches the Watchmen? Uh, It's episode uh, 74, and it's basically going to be our Cuphead episode. We're going to be talking about that at the end of the show, because I always played it. Um, So I'm not going to touch on that too much here at the beginning, but as far as everything else I played, it was a busy week. I was planning on playing Tacoma. Jordan, and then I ended up getting my hands. <laughs> I've heard on that this. one before. I've en- I ended up getting my hands on this neat little new uh, piece of uh, hardware called a Nintendo Switch. So I'm a- an official Nintendo Switch uh, owner, which is awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I've joined the cult. Um, so first off, I played Destiny Two. We'll talk about it when you get into it, Jordan. Um, I don't want to touch much on that. I didn't really do anything important or interesting. Um, but on the Switch, so I've played about two and a half to three hours of Steam World Dig. Uh, to mm. loving that game a lot. Like, it's just one of those games. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Are you guys familiar with SteamWorld Dig? Yes. Yeah, it's it's basically like people have been calling it like partially Metroidvania, which is like forty percent true. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's a game where there's a, a town hub above you. And your goal is to go underground, dig stuff, find certain, like, quest-based, like, areas. But dig minerals, kill enemies, go back up to the top, sell all of your resources, buy new stuff, gear, equipment, upgrades. And it's a repeat process. You open up new areas, you get new abilities. So that's where the Metroidvania stuff kind of comes in because you get new abilities and you open up new areas. And it's just a very simple, um, gameplay, uh, uh loop I'm brain farting gameplay loop yeah uh, it's very enjoyable very fun um, I love the art style uh, I, I believe that's one of the things that's really hit or miss for people with this game uh, the art style is like kind of odd worldy I think is the best way to describe it um, mm. it's very unique uh, really enjoying it nothing much to say there the other game I've been playing not too much of actually is Breath of the Wild um, I'm only at the part where you talk to the king on top of the tower uh, when you're about to leave the greater plateau so you,
2: you completed the tutorial
0: section though, essentially yeah. Um, one thing I, I thought will you were say. Waiting on Zelda. Well, I was, but then I got it as a birthday present. So I personally, oh, okay. yeah. So I got it as a birthday <laughs> that present. Works. That uh, works. So I'm not going to complain. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so and I actually got a physical. It was one of those things where it's like, oh cool, because they asked me, you want a physical or digital? I was like, I don't have a cart in it. Might as well, you know what I mean? Have one in there. Yeah. Um, you like me, the one cart. Exactly. So. Uh, I don't have any any impressions really because I've only played the tutorial. But one thing I will say is that it does... I will give it credit that it does look prettier playing it, like, in person than it's ever looked online for me. I always thought it looked decent. Um, but I do think it looks prettier holding it in your own hands than it ever has online for me. Um, As far as the gameplay and stuff, like I said, it's initial thoughts. Um, It's pretty much what I expected. Nothing mind-blowing, but I'm only... <laughs> An hour and a half into the game, if that. Um, so nothing much to report on there. Uh, played Cuphead, like just, I said. You know
2: what? Just just call us back when you have all the Korok <laughs> And then you can talk about this game. Oh, okay. Fuck and then I'll be qualified. That. And then I'll be qualified. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I also picked up Shovel Knight because yeah. it's a new piece of hardware, so I had to get Shovel Knight again. <laughs> Playing through that. Uh, it's a good deal with Shovel
1: all the expansions. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, so... So is that like a rite of passage for every piece of hardware you get? You gotta yeah, buy shovel
0: Knight. it's just like, yeah, it's a shovel knight's available fire. and I want to buy it. I love Shovel Knight, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, shout out to Yakup Games. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the biggest time sink for me, I think, this week was probably Cuphead, um, so obviously we're going to talk about that later. And I'm pretty sh- sure that's everything I've played, didn't watch anything, didn't read anything of, of point or purpose.
2: Um, what about you guys? I played more Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. Oh, yeah. I had like Did you beat it? Th- oh, yeah. We're getting uh, close. I beat it like twice now. Oh, cool. Had to cool. get both endings. Okay. Jesus. Uh, and I'm playing it. I'm going back now, collecting all the the paintings of the main collectibles. I'm grabbing all those. Cool. Um, and then I'll go back one more time after that and do the <laughs> undetected playthrough. <laughs> the super stealth playthrough. <laughs> it's a short game. Oh, I mean. You could, my, the first time I played through it, it was probably closer to 10 hours. I was taking my time. But if you wanted to just breeze through it, like, I'll probably, for my undetected playthrough, I'll do the bare minimum, just so it's yeah. easier to, you know, not get detected. But I'm you're comfortable with it too, right? So, like, anytime oh, you have a little bit of yeah. free time, you're like, oh, I already know this game. I could just
0: hop in and get a little bit more done, right. which is really comforting. Yeah. Because it's
2: because it's short and I know the missions and what I have to do and where I have to go at this point, I'm really, coming in, I'm like, oh, that would be such a bitch to play this whole game, not even getting detected. But now I'm like, I can see why that would be really easy. Um, Exactly, yeah. And then I didn't realize, so when I talked about it last week, I kind of bagged on the game a little bit because there was so so few abilities compared to the other games. They did something cool with the new game plus that I'm discovering. So the difficulty doesn't change or anything like that, at least not that they described. What does change is you get four abilities from Dishonored 2 that you didn't have in the regular, you know, Playthrough of, of Death in yeah. the Outsider, so mm. that I, did, I thought was really cool. Like, oh, they are mixing that up a little bit. So they make it's it like refreshing. Yeah, there's like a exactly. point to play it again
0: outside of like getting a different ending. You have a you have new experiences you can try out with the new powers. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, and I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that It was kind of like a cool. Like, oh shoot, okay, that'll be cool. So are, are yeah. you
0: flirting with the plot at all? Are you th- thinking about it or? Oh
2: yeah, that's what I was saying. So that's a uh, I have just have to go grab all those paintings and then do the undetected playthrough and then I'll have the platinum. Ooh, hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm re- really close in it. I don't predict it will take too much longer, so um, it's getting better. It's getting better and better the more I play it, too, which is interesting. Um, That's the sign of a good game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I played a whole bunch of Cuphead, too. Um, Holy sh- shit, you've already got the sequel? <laughs> huh, huh. As well. a lot of Cuphead also. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that a bit later. Spoilers, it's it doesn't suck. <laughs> Ooh, that can mean a no. It's things. it's yeah. it's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just straight up awesome. So we'll
1: uh, get into now it. Now like you're me. now you're fucking spoiling it, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan. So uh, yeah, same as you guys. I played some Cuphead. We'll be talking about that later. Um, and then yeah, as Jared mentioned, I jumped into Destiny this week. Finally pulled that trigger and uh i'm enjoying it quite a bit have played probably about 15 hours or so um mostly doing story stuff but uh definitely played some crucible and done some of the side quests um crucible is a lot more fun than i uh would have anticipated of course you guys know i'm really not usually into uh multiplayer online at least and uh, I think it's just the, the four person squads uh, makes it a lot easier to, to kind of be a part of the game, and the maps are a lot, a lot tighter. And it makes it uh, just more fun in general because you're not searching so long to find somebody to shoot at. And then you're also just more engaged in the action. And it does make it easier to be involved as far as like getting kills and, you know, completing objectives with whatever. Uh, scenario you're playing in so I've actually enjoyed that more than I thought it would uh, but otherwise just the game in general um, of course the shootings really tight the visuals are fantastic um, with the checkerboard 4k it's really really pretty uh, I found out that they're actually doing HDR post-release so still mm. waiting on that, that was a little bit upsetting because I could definitely... Mm. Uh, when you're used to playing certain games in HDR, it, it is kind of like you want to expect it and Can't you want to back. just like get those vivid colors up in there. Yeah. Um, soak your eyeballs in them, I guess. Uh, but other than that, it is a really beautiful game. And you can I can certainly tell the difference of it not being on last-gen consoles at all. Uh, the level of detail, especially a little bit farther off, is really impressive. What um, class are you? Uh, so I play as a warlock. That's how I play Hell Destiny yeah. 1. Cool. That's how I play Destiny 2. Um, I just like their vibe. I Like, if I started a second character, it'd definitely be a hunter. I probably, uh, you know, unless I just got super fucking into it, I probably wouldn't play as a Titan just because that's not... How I... That's uh, my main... <laughs> yeah, that's. I just don't think I would enjoy it as much. I like the more speedy, stealthy characters. And uh, for the Warlock specifically, I like um, their, you know, kind of magical powers, I guess.
0: I hate their um, jump. That's my only gri- I love the Warlock's abilities. I really don't like their jump, personally. It's, like, one of my biggest gripes with the Warlock class. I just... It's good if you like it, and it's terrible if you hate it. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the jumps are, so, like, manageable, but, like, god, that warlock jump is very frustrating sometimes.
1: What do you mean by jump? Like, the physical pressing X button?
0: Well, uh, yeah, like, so each each character has uh, different jump mechanics. So the hunter is just a straight-up jump and then a double jump and then has a triple jump, so there's no, like, fluff to it, right? Um, yeah. The titan jump is basically... Uh, It propels you in the direction you're going and it's always vertically up the warlock jump is a 50 50 split if it propels you up and then it leans you down to the drop and the warlock jump is useful for distance but it's not very good for precision jumping um so it's it's, for me it's for a lot of the people in destiny they talk about the warlock jumping the worst one because a lot of people relate it to um, like the raid or like PVP where the mobility is the biggest thing, but in like story mode and stuff like that, I think the warlock jump has a lot of benefits because it is the it, it's the easiest for crossing like distances, which makes things a lot easier. Yeah. I just don't like the 50/50 split of it, uh, pushing you forward and then easing you down. I just like straight jumps, you know. It's a very particular yeah. thing for me. It's a. It's a I haven't
1: ride. noticed that. I think part of the reason is because in Destiny you have the uh, the boost or the jetpack uh, yeah. type deal, where um, you know you can double tap X and then you're gliding through the air, and so I'm using that a lot more than I would just the single jump.
0: No, no, no. I'm um, talking about that that specific ability. The the oh, double okay.
1: tapping. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, the glide is. Uh, I mean you get three choices I don't know if, if it's different with the other it's, characters but you get you get a, a choice between three different ones um, and I, I've gotten to the point now where I've just chosen the balanced where it doesn't yeah. uh, it's not about speed and it's not about direction it's, a lot, it's about a little bit of both uh, yeah. so it hasn't been uh, something that I've um, has um, been irking me or nagging at me what part of the story are you at? so i am uh
0: let's see spoilers by the way I'm one, one, well i mean
1: they... i don't have to i really don't have to spoil anything i think i'm just about i had to up a couple levels to get ready to go to uh, the next planet let's see i've done Nessus i guess or last, io? i'm just about to go to io i just okay, finished cool. so the, the k6 mission
0: Okay, so you're you're about sixty five percent through the campaign, I would say right. sixty five.
1: I've f- I f- I figured as such because I'm uh, right now I'm level thirteen, yeah, and uh, you know twenty is the cap, so I figured it would be right about there. Um, and I'm enjoying the story. I thought it started off a lot stronger than it has progressed into what it is now. Yeah, um, the opening level, man, that stuff is just great. Uh, the opening gameplay is really good and then the opening cutscenes are really good um and then it kind of just uh it kind of petered out for me i wasn't nearly as interested i'm not nearly as interested now as i was earlier um but it is certainly more interesting than destiny 1 it is certainly more engaging than that and uh the characters that you're trying to you know the the everyone knows that you know the traveler has been fucked over and now you know shit's just like just boned basically and so you're trying to put it all back together is the best way to put it simply um so you're kind of like trying to get the band back together in a sense um so yeah it's it's definitely better than destiny one but it is not necessarily what i had hoped or the expectations that i had for it yeah um but you know it's it's an improvement so that's good um and then just the general experience is an improvement i think that there's plenty of quality of life stuff that uh, I would be upset if they didn't have Um, and then there's like I was saying earlier you know there's the visual upgrades that couldn't be there otherwise because uh, the other games were on the old systems so there's certain things where I definitely get why it needs to be Destiny 2 at the same time I can also get people uh, especially big Destiny players being upset that it it feels kind of like 1.5 in a way yeah Um, But otherwise, yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I've been um, You know getting the urge to play it when I'm not playing it at certain times not constantly but definitely getting that urge so um, Yeah, I would definitely say I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit I don't know if I would say I'm in love with it, but definitely enjoying it quite a bit more than Destiny 1 and uh, I plan on uh, playing it a bit after uh, level cap and after the story Um, And then I do plan on probably playing the expansion. So, you know, it's hooked me more than Destiny 1 did in that sense. Um, Besides that, uh, mostly just played, went back and forth between that and Cuphead. And then um, last night I rewatched Blade Runner and then the shorts uh, leading up to uh, Blade Runner 2049. My favorite was uh, Surprise Blackout 2022, which is... Uh, the the anime one done by the creator of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Um, and then, I guess, I've talked about Destiny for quite a bit, so I won't go into all the different anime I've been jumping around in, but I uh, will say that I finished 91 Days, which is the one that was uh, set during Prohibition, and uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I've realized that I've watched several uh, sad or kind of uh, depressing anime recently, and so uh, this one was no different. It was uh, pretty devastating by the end of it. What it all went down, uh, but it's certainly worth watching, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah.
0: Also, shout out to uh, the Destiny exclusive content on PlayStation going live for Xbox owners today from the first oh, Destiny wow. game. That's Fuck, great. Didn't
1: take long. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> A ton of people excited Wait, for that. Wait old... for the
1: for Destiny One.
0: Yeah, it finally beca- it finally came out on Xbox. Oh, for Destiny
1: One. Like, yeah, at this point, what's what? the point? <laughs> you know, that's goofy. Like I have people, thought about people complain uh, about Tomb back. Raider. This is like next level. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I've stupid. thought about it's going just... back. You know, if I finish up this Destiny Two campaign and still kind of have an itch, I might go back and get through uh, the expansions on Destiny One because I have them available, but I haven't got around to them so. Um, you know, I heard so much good about taking King that uh, I might end up going back. But if I understand correctly, Jared, unless I just found some really kind souls that were willing to go backwards with me online, I'm not going to be able to play those raids, right?
0: Yeah, you need to have people. But, I mean, there's diehard people in every community. Also, sure. I think we come from a... I don't want to say... I hate using the word privileged, but like we do come from a very, from a very privileged perspective of... There's there's still a ton of people who have 360s or Xbox Ones that haven't really bought Destiny Two yet. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Sure.
1: Um, I just kind of wish I could just get super over leveled and then go in and play by myself. You know, even if yeah. that might be near impossible, it would be nice to ex- at I mean, least have the option. You know,
0: there have been people who have seen, like soloed uh, the raid, which is insane to me. Um,
1: How do you do that? You just have people join you, but don't shoot.
0: Uh, no, because you in the first Destiny, and I could be wrong about this, not in Destiny 2, but in the first Destiny, I think you could just start the raid with as many people as possible in your party one to six. Um, Mm. and so you could do it,
1: so you it allows you to do it solo.
0: This was was like this was like guy ranked one in the world. This wasn't like Joe Schmo from off the street, this was like, but I'm
1: just saying it will allow you to jump in solo to that. Uh, in the first Destiny,
0: I'm pretty sure. I could
1: be wrong about that, Jordan. Don't don't quote but, me on that. But it won't even let you do that, even try in Destiny 2?
0: No, because I think they, they felt that it didn't navigate what they wanted out of the raid very well, and also they added in guided games. So now it's like, well, no, we don't want you to go in alone. We even built in a system to help you find people to play with. You know gotcha. what I mean? Whereas gotcha. in the first game, they're like, we can't hold you from not playing by yourself if we don't even give you the tools to have people, you know? Um, yeah. So let's hop into the news real quick. Uh, Three news stories, then we'll talk about Cuphead. Uh, The first news story here is pretty awesome if you're a fan of Ubisoft. Uh, Over at GameSpot, Eddie writes, Ubisoft continues to fight off Vivendi Takeover. It's taking steps to stay independent. Uh, independent. Uh, Ubisoft, the French publishing giant behind franchises like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, continues to take steps to protect itself from a hostile takeover by Vivendi. Today, Ubisoft announced that it has reached a deal with an investment services provider that would allow it to buy back up to 4 million shares by December 29th of 2017. He goes on to write, This means no one, Vivendi included, would be able to buy them. It also seems to mean that Vivendi's percentage of owned shares would increase, given there will be fewer outstanding shares if Ubisoft snaps them up. So, though they are getting more of the shares back, Vivendi will own a bigger percentage because there's less public shares available. If that makes sense. Mm.
1: Um,
0: mm. So if Ubisoft snaps them up, uh, it'll uh, at the going rate of 60 euros each a, a share. Uh, the figure would be around 240 million euros to get all of that back. Uh, This move comes after the latest uh, combined general meeting for Ubisoft shareholders on September 22nd, in which 82% of shareholders weighed in, up from 76% last year. And according to Ubisoft, shareholders expressed their overwhelming support for Ubisoft's management and strategy by approving all ordinary resolutions on the agenda. Uh, This included the renewal of several board of director positions and appointment of two new independent directions. And it goes on to talk about those people. The last thing I wanted to talk about here was that they, they actually got denied. One of the other things they were trying was the ability for Ubisoft to give their employees shares, and that was denied. Uh, they weren't able hmm. to do that. Um, I don't know if that has That's to do with the, the whole... Um, what was the big thing that happened here in the United States, Dom, a while back? remember the big thing that happened with the the stock market like sabarn's
2: oxley or whatever yeah
0: yeah i don't know if a lot of that has been no like, this is a fault you can
2: that. you can still i don't know about give but most companies that i've ever heard of um they they sell stock to their employees discounted okay. so like i bought my company's stock you know uh, well below market value um and i i would think that they should have no problem doing that but like you still can't compel all your employees to buy back all that stock. You know, that's, yeah, that would be tough to do. And maybe there's a
1: porn hub, by the way, Dom works for porn. <laughs> and,
0: uh,
2: maybe, <laughs> maybe also it's a
0: percentage thing. Like maybe if their employees already own a certain amount of like stock, they can't give them more. You know what I mean? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's some weird stuff. Also, this is like Europe. So a completely set of standards there, uh, business wise. Um, good point. Yeah. I didn't even think yeah. of that. Uh, <laughs> The, so hopefully Ubisoft is still able to fight off of um, We were talking about before the show. Dom was like, why are their shares so high? That's crazy. And then if you look into it. Euros. Yeah, they've had a tremendous year with Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, For Honor. What other? Uh, Rainbow Six Siege keeps on ticking. They have Assassin's Creed coming out. Um, South Park. South Park. Rabbids was a joint production with Nintendo. True, um, true. And that sold really well, too. So Ubisoft is having a tremendous year. Um, you know Cry coming of, up. Exactly, Far Cry early next year as well, so Ubisoft is on the up and up, hopefully. I think for gamers, we don't really want to see Vivendi take over, so anytime we get a new story like this, it's it's good for us. Vivendi um, is thirsty. Thirsty, yep. Somebody get that guy a water. Uh, <laughs> the, next story, <laughs> the next story here comes by of IGN. Uh, there's an updated PlayStation VR mo- uh, model that was announced. It's launching in uh, Japan on October 14th and North America to follow. Um, the biggest thing with this is that it's making some changes to the initial model that people had issues with. Um, the HDMI pass-through, I think, was the biggest issue, right, Dom? Uh, HDR pass-through, sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, with the with the existing model, you couldn't use have you couldn't have your VR headset hooked up to your TV while also having HDR, right? Because your PSVR basically has like a that processing unit is in between your console and the TV, like. HDMI cord-wise. But now you can just leave it all hooked up the way it is instead of having to unhook the HDMIs and push them back and everything. So it's You were
1: able to bypass it with third-party equipment, but it was, yeah, and you could even do it really cheap, but it was still a nuisance.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Also,
0: I think people have a thing where, like, they want to buy stuff official. Like, not everybody's super comfortable with third-party stuff. So it's like, right. why why should I have to go through a third party to jump through this hoop when Sony should be providing that solution? You know, um, absolutely. Also, the big thing to note here is that the processor units can't be exchanged between the two models, um, so they're not compatible. <laughs> so, unfortunately, for the early adopters, you're going to have to buy a whole new uh, PSVR uh, model. Um, you're getting shafted here, but that's the price you pay for early adoption. Unfortunately, not that it's a good thing, but that's kind of the risk. Way they goes. Take. Yeah, Just
1: wait until like eighteen months down the road when all three of us are getting shafted over buying switches too early. Oh, it's gonna happen. They got you know some new feature or whatever. Exactly, it happens. But that's the
0: that's a risk you got to take, man. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. I don't think there's too much to say. Do you, any of you do? Neither of you own a PSVR. Does this uh, tempt you guys at all? I doubt it, right?
2: Maybe. It, well, actually, yeah. This is yes. like, this is. A you know a good push a nudge for me in the direction of getting one because yeah. I have a a 4K TV with HDR like I don't I was I would not have switched it back and forth I just would not have done that all the cores are behind my entertainment center I would not have done that that's just and so I would have been I'd had I would have to make a tough choice and I would, this is like a needed a necessary adjustment um, for yeah, me to absolutely. get one I'm still not cross that threshold that I'm gonna buy one tomorrow but this is definitely a step in that direction
1: yeah this makes it so that really the only thing holding me back is the games that are yeah, actually on true. the system. Uh, and I've, you know, being such a big PlayStation fan, of course I've thought of it, you know, like, should I get a VR? You know, I, I could definitely afford it if I wanted to, but I just don't necessarily have the... There haven't been any games that have been like, damn, I really, really want right. to play that, especially since I've played Resident Evil 7 uh, straight up, and it's like, you know, that's that would probably be the biggest pull for me uh if it was an exclusive so yeah i'm um getting closer to that point now uh especially since like i said particularly recently i've been uh pondering the thought of getting a vr more and more um, especially because i'm just such a big tech guy in general that i uh, enjoy being able to experience, you know, kind of what the newest stuff is maybe not the most cutting-edge But at least what the latest and greatest experiences are in tech uh, 4k and HDR being one of those so um, It's definitely put the thought further into my mind uh, But yeah at this point, I'm still not seeing the games because most of the games are a lot smaller experiences and are relatively exp- expensive for the experience that you're getting and on top of that, they're just not necessarily that interesting to me. They're not, uh, you know, that part's not pulling me in. And if that's not pulling me in, that's, you know, really the thing that should be. That's, at the end of the day, that's what should be, uh, you know, kind of yanking my chain.
0: Well, yeah, I, I don't know for Dom, but for like me, an outsider looking in, the only the only game that would pull me in, like say this was, for instance, like an Xbox VR, is I like the Batman uh, experience, uh, Arkham VR, I think that looks really cool. Like yeah. I think, I think for uh, a number of people who aren't just super willing to jump in, I think there a lot of people are waiting for a the price to go down, obviously, because it's still a steep price for a technology that isn't still super relevant yet. And the library, right? The library isn't deep. There right. isn't the the must-have app on it. So, uh, right. I think this is interesting. Like you guys said, I think this is a, another step in the right direction. Um, I'm interested to see what. PlayStation's focus is at PSX this year on VR, and then obviously E3 next year. So, um, yeah, they might be doubling down. So, um, But speaking of PlayStation, there uh, our, our second-to-last story, because I added something in that I completely forgot about but I want to talk about. Um, Andrew House, Andy House, is leaving PlayStation, which is pretty interesting, considering this is the week after we talked about uh, Phil over at Xbox getting a promotion (laughs) and now we're talking about
1: Mm.
0: one of the big guys at playstation leaving um this comes by way of rolling stone um sony interactive entertainment president and global ceo andrew house has stepped down from his role sony announced today with john codera taking on the position house will remain with sony interactive entertainment as chairman through the end of the year to ensure a smooth transition according to the press release it's unclear why house is leaving or where he is heading next um, and then it goes into a quote of Andy House talking about his time with the company. Um, the biggest thing here, Kodera, the guy who's taking over, has also been appointed representative director and president of Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, f- effective immediately. While House has become director and chairman, uh, Kodera will assume overall operation responsibility for SIE, including its game and network services businesses globally, and will report directly to uh, Kaz. How do you say his name? Kaz Hirai. Kaz, Kaz Harai? Yeah. Yep. He got it. Um, and the biggest, the, the last thing here uh, that I wanted to go into was Kodera. He's been with Sony since uh, 1992, and most recently he was engaged in the launch and enhancement of uh, the network services via the PSN, which has some people worried because uh, the PSN has a lot of issues. Obviously, it's not one guy's fault, but he was in charge of that, helped with the launch. Um, yeah. You guys are the PlayStation guys, Uh, I want to hear from you guys what this means to you. Obviously, this isn't, you know, the sky is falling, but it is interesting, you know, for somebody who's been at the company as long as they have Andy House to leave. So what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, it's a shakeup. I don't think we'll notice any difference. I mean, from our perspective, nothing. I can't imagine they're going to change, you know, their strategy at all. Um, And as far as network services, you can look at it, the eye of well, the PSN is kind of crappy and it's known for this and that, but when you take another step back and be like, in the past couple years, the PSN has actually gotten a whole lot better. Um, well, it's from a security standpoint, um, and they are slowly but surely adding features and things are getting more stable. It's still not as good as it ought to be, but it's been improving. Uh, I have a question for a you. Pace.
0: Have they improved, and this is, like, I've just read this, so I have no idea. Have they improved the uh, the download speeds for things? Nah. Wasn't that a problem? Isn't, like, the download speeds for PSN really
1: bad? It's not really bad, it's just not anywhere close to Xbox. Yeah, you know? okay. And it's, yeah. you know, I, can, I can sit there and jump right back and forth, and, you know, obviously my connection isn't changing that much between... Uh, you know a few couple minutes or whatever and I have really quick internet and uh, yeah it's always uh, quite a bit faster on Xbox like a a really decent amount Um, even if I have even if I have uh, either of the consoles hooked up to Ethernet um, it's way way faster on Xbox sometimes two or three times as fast
0: well, and the thing, too, is, like, I agree with you, Dom, and people are saying this, like, there's not going to be any immediate effects of him leaving considering he's going to be there till the end of the year. But people keep talking about, like, there will never be any effects. I think that's, like, that's a fallacy in and of itself because he's going to, for better or worse, there's going to be things that he wants to implement,
2: right? Um, mm. Like, okay, well, in the sense of you can't really tell um, – I don't think there's a big enough difference in these two guys that you'll be able to tell, like – well, Andrew House would have done this differently. Yeah, yeah, I get like, what you're you saying. You can't really make like, that, you know.
0: Phil Spencer's seemed like, just when you see them, Phil Spencer seems like, see completely different than Ma- Don Matrick, whereas these two guys oh, kind God, of seem the same. Oh, that's a fucking exactly. shakeup right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't think yeah. you'd see that difference. I think the biggest difference that we'll see is just uh, the fact that you won't be seeing Andy House, uh, you know, presenting. You won't see his face up there on stage when we're – Watching the press conferences well, or whatever, so. and
0: maybe that's a good thing. Maybe this new guy doesn't want to be in front of the camera, and that can give uh, light to all the other people that people like to see during E three, like Sean Layden, and uh, I'm losing Shoo. his name. Shu, Shoo, yes, Shuhei Uh Yeah, I, I, I don't know. People, people are handling this weird, and they're thinking it's like terrible, or if it's great, and I'm like, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I don't whatever. Think, yeah, exactly. Um, it's the the change will be negligible when all is said and done. I, I, I hope, anyways. Um, yeah. The last news story, and this is something I forgot about, but I wanted to talk with you guys about. Um, Square Enix basically came out and talked about how they want to put more of a focus on multiplayer and service games going forward. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they've seen the trend of Destiny and uh, even, like, Ghost Recon Wildlands and all of these games, Rainbow Six Siege, and... Um, all of these games that have this crazy life after the fact, um, and they're realizing that a lot of gamers are shifting more towards a multiplayer-centric focus where they, they basically say that, uh, you know, this is probably where the money is and this is where we want to focus. Uh, and this leads yeah. people to thinking about how possibly the next Final Fantasy coming out might be multiplayer-focused, which, hold your breath, let's, you're probably going to have to wait like 10 years for the next one. But, well, didn't what, they try that? It, uh, yeah,
1: they've had two MMOs. Yeah. Um, but I think, they, I mean, I'm thinking. I fourteen's like still a big deal.
0: Yeah, I think people are thinking more of like a. I guess Destiny is really the only thing of its kind that we have right now, like Destiny Anthem kind of thing. People are speculating where it's not necessarily an MMO, but it is like a multiplayer-centric thing. It's the like a console MMO essentially. That's what like they're you know, adding.
1: Destiny's. They're adding a, a pretty substantial multiplayer edition, yeah. uh, version to fifteen, where it's even going to have. Story implications, oddly enough. So, you know, that'll be uh, a precursor to what is to come. That'll definitely give you a sense of what they're moving towards. Well,
0: and this, this uh, now that we're looking back in hindsight, this uh, lets us know, like, that's why they haven't, we haven't really seen Tomb Raider much. That's why they kind of, you know, pushed pause on Deus Ex. Uh, they kind of, you know, let Hitman go by the wayside. None of those really speak towards multiplayer focus. And I don't know right. if you guys remember, but when the initial uh, Avengers game was announced and the partnership with Marvel with Scar-Enix, we talked about this. We talked about all the possibilities of what that Marvel game could be, right? The Avengers game. And we were like, yes. oh, is it a single player? Is it a multiplayer? Is it going to be like Destiny but with superheroes? And, like, this is an interesting story because this kind of lends itself towards the that, right? A, a, a Marvel game, an Avengers game in which it's a service where you... I'm assuming you'd select a specific hero. I doubt they'd let you create a hero. You'd play as a specific hero um so I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they said they wanted to focus on multiplayer and service games and we know about that big Marvel deal like do you guys think yeah, this
1: is directly talking about that or? I mean, it it could include that. I don't think that's the only thing. It definitely worries me, though, because I see the industry moving that way in general, and Square Enix is obviously not a small company. So, um, you know, being the single-player gamer that I am, obviously I'm not completely opposed to multiplayer experiences like I was just talking about with the Destiny Crucible, but um, single-player is certainly where I want to spend the majority of my time and it's certainly pushed me away from games that, uh, had they been just a, just a smidge, uh, more in the direction of single player that I might've picked up and played, uh, you know, it sucks that this kind of like is being, uh, semi forced in a way where, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's like this. I think that, um, you know, I'm not one that says, uh, Oh, DLC is something that just gets, you know, pulled out of the main game and held for an extra charge. I think that's, for the most part, uh, like, you know, story expansions and stuff are actually separate completely and are, you know, uh, created separately. Uh, from most of the main stories, um, some even being released completely separately, like Lost Legacy Uncharted, for example. Um, But I do think that there are instances, especially where we're at and where it looks like we're going with this story, um, where the uh, devs and publishers will kind of scheme this to where they can set up a game to where uh, the people will be continuously playing it and continuously paying for it in some instances in a lot of instances i should say um where they're not necessarily getting more content they're just doing the same thing but in a different way right yeah and i think you know destiny is even an example of that where you're not doing really anything different a lot of times but you're paying for these extra things, whether it be microtransactions uh, like with Destiny Shaders or whether it be, uh, you know, not necessarily more story in a story expansion pack but it is like uh you know new challenge modes or something where it really is you're just doing the same thing but like they made it harder they you know gave you this modifier to where it feels a little bit different and you're coming about it a different way so they're they're making less content and they're being able to uh charge you and have you pay more for it in uh and you know more often more continuously so that that is what worries me about uh this situation not just the square enix but where the industry is moving in general
2: that's yeah. why i'm i've been really strong on you know buying single player games especially you know at, at release and so on if you like as i look back at it, the the last bunch of games i bought you know uh, pretty much every bethesda game as of late i bought day one because right. um, they have they've been they've been the publisher that hasn't uh shown any signs of going in that direction yeah i mean they yeah, they, they they pushed uh, elder scrolls online for some time but they didn't that wasn't in spite of their other properties right. that's a totally right? separate yeah. thing you're still yeah. getting your main elder scrolls exactly game. whereas yeah. with square enix you're seeing them put down not put down but put to bed for at least some time like you said jared um davis X, tomb raider hitman uh, maybe not tomb raider well but... and in instead of saying,
1: you know, this Final Fantasy online game is going to be, you know, subtitled something separate. No, it's a you know, 14, it's an 11, it's part of the main series. I think the only thing,
0: though, that we can bring from this that might be, like, in the opposite direction of this is that, like, historically, Square Enix isn't a company that makes the best decisions, you know? They're not (laughs) necessarily... Very good point. They're not necessarily on, on on the pulse of the industry a lot of the time. Um... And I, I, out of everybody who's shifting towards this, I could easily see Squaresoft doing it the worst. Um, sure. Just because they're not, they are not—they have a track record. And I know people love Squaresoft, and they love Square Enix now. Square they, Enix. Yeah. And they love to talk about like the history and everything like that, but if you just look at their track record, they don't have a very good track record in terms of, like I said, being on the pulse. Um, but I do think that... It, it, it is worrisome for somebody like you who maybe isn't a fan of multiplayer games, but I do think in a lot of ways the market will, will always speak and we will have the single-player experiences. And as long as we keep seeing these PlayStation exclusives come out and sell like gangbusters and you know people keep clamoring for the single-player experiences, I think they'll be there. I think this will just be... A, I think the problem is... How would I word this? I think the problem is a lot of these companies are talking about this as if this is the next evolution of gaming whereas for me personally, I think this is just a new genre that's emerging in video games, but all these companies are acting let me finish real quick all these companies are acting as if it's the next thing in gaming, you know what I mean? I think they're, they're they're seeing it as where all games should go, whereas for me, I just think it's a new genre that's emerging so I think at... I think a lot of these companies are going to shift towards making these service games, and there's going to be too many on the market, and people are going to choose which ones they want to play. And all these other companies are going to see the
2: pendulum will swing back.
0: Exactly, and I think and it'll forth. ultimately the dust will settle, and it'll be a genre of game, not so much the future of gaming.
2: You know, right. what I mean? not a takeover, but sitting next to. But there
0: could be a couple of years there where we we're getting all these service games, and it is kind of bullshit. And it's over flooded and. You know, the market will choose what they want to play, and these companies will retract and realize, oh, we messed up, you know? I think that's the issue. I think it's a, I think it's a disconnect between publishers and what is exactly happening. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just my take on it. I do agree with you that it is worrisome because, like, with indie games, I, I got really mad that PlayStation didn't showcase indie games during their conference. I think you need to be able to provide games for each type of person you need to have your single player experiences you need to have your multiplayer stuff you need to have your indie stuff and we could see a point in the next couple years where these e3s are heavily filled with these multiplayer experiences and there's you know some single player stuff sprinkled in and uh, hopefully the market speaks correctly and we kind of weed it out to show that you know the entirety of the gaming sector or at least the majority isn't these multiplayer focused people so
1: I don't know it's interesting I think that, uh, you know, you were saying that the companies are looking at this as the next evolution in gaming or evolution of genres, and I really see it as the evolution of uh, a new way for them to make money. Yeah. Um, Because obviously, like you said, there's plenty of single-player experiences that are selling quite a bit, but once you sell that single-player experience and maybe a couple of, you know, DLC packs, story expansions, You're not continuously making money off of that. You're not able to charge. It's much more difficult to go into a single-player game and charge microtransactions as we've seen with, uh, you know, the Shadow of War stuff, um, even going back to, like, Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, If it's not traditionally thought of as a multiplayer experience, then people are uh, much less... They're much less likely to be positive about... Um, these microtransactions in their games, especially when you're, you know, a a traditionally single-player gamer. And so if you're setting it up as a multiplayer experience, people are going to be much easier. They're going to go along uh, much easier with these microtransactions and such that that allows you to continuously
2: charge them. Yeah, so so you're saying they have, like, an inherent advantage of being able to get more, you know, Get more sales out of each dollar spent on development, right? Than yeah. A single-player game could, right. um, And that just means that we have to buy that many more single-player games to make up for that disadvantage, right? And hope um, that people which is not the way it should be.
0: One, well, we should, and hope that the majority of people will see through predatory actions in games, right? Um, right.
2: And that's bite back at that trend. That's the yeah.
0: positive and negative of the market speaking, in which like it's kind of worrisome because. You know, as much as people talk about like, oh, I don't want this to happen. There's ten other people that are like, I just want more of this game. Here's my money. You know, the whales and stuff just pouring money into these things and showing these companies like, well, look at it. We have a we have a progression in revenue here. Yada yada yada. And it's just because you know, a lot of times there's like a small group of people that spend so much money. I have I have well, an yeah. I have an old friend that spent over two hundred dollars on Clash of Clans, which is insane to me.
1: Yeah. See, you can't blame it all on the developers and publishers because yeah. there's there's adult adult human beings out there that are willing to spend, you know, basically, let's just say consoles. Yeah, we're games, driving not it. Even like, yeah. yeah. Not even Clash of Clans. There's people that are willing to spend three games worth of money, you know, let's say $180, which is like three dollars games, on a single game. And like I said, they're not getting anything new as far as, like, gameplay experiences. They're just getting new, like, you know, uh, visual content packs and stuff like that. So that is really unfortunate that people are allowing themselves to be taken advantage in that way and they are absolutely the ones that are driving this more than the publishers and developers themselves because they're just going with what uh, you know is popular at the moment and what is making the most money so there's something to be said for the yeah. actual consumer who's putting us in that position as well.
0: Also there's this really frustrating thing too with some people especially in the video game realm that, that have this idea and we've talked about this at length so we don't need to get into it but they basically equal amount of hours you can play in a game to value, like, sure. I'll have people who, like, I played through Resident Evil 7, and my friend was like, oh, that game's only, like, six to eight hours, it's not even worth $60, and to me, I'm like, oh, I spent 60 bucks on it, it was more than worth my time with that. I loved Resident Evil 7, and yep. yet he's addicted to the Walking Dead TV show, and to me, I'm like, like, half of that show is filler, and you're, you're willing right. to, like, waste your time on not good stuff, you know, I'm just talking about, to make my point, to waste... You're making sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just because something's longer or you have more time with it doesn't necessarily mean it's better. And that's what's frustrating. And, yeah, I I do hope that this is a trend that backfires on these companies. Um, Even if, you know, this is the wave and people love multiplayer games and we're in the minority. um, Well, I mean, I play multiplayer games, but I do love single player. I do think we'll see the situation of oversaturation. People will realize that People aren't willing to play everything, you know? We saw it in a tiny right. little vacuum with Battleborn and Overwatch. Those just two games released. And Battleborn released too close to Overwatch, and it disappeared into the fold, you know? So, uh, I even think that could happen next fall if... And I don't think Borderlands 3 is coming out next fall by any means, but some people think it might. If that comes out next to Anthem, though they are different games, like, ba- uh, Borderlands 3 could definitely be lost in the fold there, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'd, who knows? Yeah, so... Uh, I want to go to a, a, a better uh, subject, a more optimistic subject Cuphead. Uh, I'll start off. We all play Cuphead. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, trepidatious thought going into the release of this game because it's been two and a half years ish since we first heard about this game. People were worried that it was just a boss rush game. We eventually saw the platforming elements, um, and a lot of people were worried that they weren't very well done. Uh, the initial, I don't know if you guys remember the initial reveal of the platform levels, but they were like super zoomed in. It was like super zoomed in on the camera, there was very little uh, movement uh, uh, area on the screen. A lot of people were worried, Um, the game eventually came out, MDHR released this game, 14 people worked on this game, which I think is utterly astounding Hmm. considering the quality I found in this game. I'm going to talk about my impressions and then everyone can have their turn. I love this game. I was gonna make a joke at the beginning of the show, and I forgot to. I was gonna say that I played, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild and Cuphead, and one of them is in the running currently for Game of the Year for me. Um, I absolutely love Cuphead. And, and I'm the, not other, f- one and the other one is the other one is Breath of the Wild. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, for me, I I think this game is fantastic. I'm only finished with Isle Two. Haven't even touched Isle Three yet, so I haven't finished the game. Um, for me, it's one of those games that the difficulty doesn't bother me because I feel like a lot of times when I die it's my mistake and it's a very rewarding game Uh, when you beat a boss I feel that the sense of accomplishment is something that I don't get in a lot of other games outside of like Dark Souls or stuff like that it's difficult so it's like Dark Souls Uh, that's a joke by the way Um, I love the art style Um, one of my biggest worries was that the art style was going to sell this game and it was going to be lackluster in terms of gameplay I, I love the gameplay I think it's very tight um, I'm very particular with my platformers. I enjoy it a lot. Um, it's interesting because I—it's hard to nail down the genre of this game. I wouldn't consider 100% a platformer because there's not a whole lot of platforming elements. The running gun—it's
2: so an action game, right? Like- yeah,
0: yeah, an action game. A shoot 'em up. Um, it's a very difficult game to put in a box because it has elements of a lot of different types of games, but it doesn't fully dive in on one. You know, um, like I said, I love the variation of bosses. Um, I love the different mechanics in the game. I think there's a decent amount of items. I don't think it's overwhelming by any means. I like that there's little... The overmap is cool because there's shortcuts in the overmap. Um, and you can get around areas without having to beat levels. Uh, I love the different varying weapons. Um, I guess that's just my initial thoughts. I don't want to go too long and I want to hear what you guys have to say and we can kind of go round robin and talk with each other. So,
2: What are you guys no, So, out? So off the bat, I'm with you <clears throat> pretty much completely. So what's interesting to me about it is... Like you said, it's not just the art style. Like there is an awesome game behind there. But that being said, if this game just had a generic ass art style, then it wouldn't get you know a quarter of the attention that it's getting. So it it needs all of it. Like it's it's a whole package in that sense. Where um, that's what makes it truly great is it impresses on an art style level and a gameplay level. Um, Then to to kind of bounce off what you said about the difficulty uh, being rewarding, but there's also something there's something to the difficulty that no matter how many times you die, and you die often, and over and over again against the same boss, but every single time, even after you've been trying for an hour and failing over and over, you don't stop wanting to try again. Yeah, it's, you're like, oh, I was just
0: that close. I was just that close. I just needed to do that. Yeah, there, there's something Especially to it. Especially with the you don't get the sick of it. Progress bar
2: keep... when you die. You get yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And... That's yep. I, maybe that's part of it because initially i thought oh this this is fucking stupid you can't see the boss's health bar as you're doing it i hate like i'm gonna hate that but i think that plays into it not being able to see it but then also seeing the progress bar at the end after you die gives you a feeling of like ah oh, like, i think there's something there yeah uh, it, like that's a really clever design i think and that's part of what keeps on pulling you back um I, so i played like i think like probably around four or five hours i've gotten through the first world um, and I'm doing everything. Like, I'm not skipping a boss, even when it lets you right I'm like, I'm doing exactly. everything. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Which sometimes I would, that's not normal, or that's not necessarily typical of me. Um, you know, when you play, like, Super Mario 64, and, like, you can move on to the next world, even though there's some stars you didn't get. Um, I'm moving the fuck on, right? I want to see the <laughs> next thing. But this is, like, I want to I finish every last little bit. Um, but, yeah, I can't say enough about, like, that it just drives you. Like, you keep dying over and over and over, but... You just keep wanting to go back, and and then when you do finally beat the boss, it's just like, uh, just bliss. Just
0: yeah. Back well, uh, out. Like, I, I guess I'll talk about this after Jordan goes, because I want to hear Jordan's thoughts on. I don't want to go too much on what I was going to say. You can go ahead,
1: Jordan. Uh, are you good, Dom? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess the best way to start for me is I want to like Cuphead a lot more than I do. I want to love Cuphead and uh, I enjoy, I like Cuphead, uh, but yeah, like I said, I certainly don't love it. Um, Obviously, the art style is gorgeous and the dedication to that style is uh, probably one of the most amazing parts about it, um, where you have the crackling vinyl soundtrack and uh, the, the popping of and the, the lines across the screen like uh, old film, um, you know, of course, for those that just don't even know, it, it looks like a very old color cartoon, you know, maybe like 30s or 40s era, um, and the dedication to that style is really quite uh, endearing, I think, um, so I'm really enjoying that. Uh, besides that, though, the gameplay is, is what's important in any video game to me, and I think that... Um, it's close but no dice in a lot of uh, instances I think that um, for one I would have appreciated uh, them preparing us a little bit more for the difficulty of the game I think it's okay to have a really difficult game i mean this game is absolutely tough as nails it's not just like difficult you know like the witcher is a difficult game and this game is tough as nails just like uh souls games are tough as nails though they are different difficult in different ways i'm not comparing them directly in that sense Um, the issues that i have with it are that like i said not only did they not prepare us in general, but the game doesn't do a good job of preparing you. Uh, oh. For instance,
0: <laughs> I was going to say the opposite. That was the point I was going to make. I thought it prepares you very well.
1: So the an example of uh, what I'm talking about there is like, um, you can get, you get a decent amount of coins early on because uh, you come upon this guy who gives you three, you have a hit and run level early on, um, and so you have uh, I had like nine coins before I ever faced a boss and uh, so I go into the shop to buy power-ups and I'm buying power-ups that I think are gonna help me you know do the to the best of my ability I guess is what I'm saying and uh, you know it didn't prepare me for the fact that for one a lot of the buffs that i was putting on my character you could only choose one of those um, you essentially have a uh, main i did the uh, same thing. Sh- a main gun that you can use you have a secondary weapon that you can use and then you also have like a character buff that you could choose a charm um, it, yeah. sure it didn't uh, let me know that um, basically, all the things that I was buying were in the same category as the buffs, the charms, as Jared mentioned, and that they were going, you know, I would only be able to choose one at a time. So I spent pretty much all my coins, all of my coins, actually, I should say, um, on these buffs without uh, powering up my weapons at all, which I totally would have done. Um, and people, I think, will compare this plenty to the Soul series, Um, which a lot of people like to say, oh, well, it doesn't really hold your hand at all. It just kind of drops you in there and lets you figure it out for your own. Um, And I can really only attest to Bloodborne because I haven't really played much of the Dark Souls game, so I won't even go into that. But for Bloodborne, I know um, it at least gives you these tutorials where you're walking through the first area and it has all these prompts on the ground that, sure, you could ignore, but I think any gamer worth their salt is going to look at those and read what they say and cuphead has a tutorial where it teaches you how to perform the actions of the game but it does not prepare you in my opinion um on how to play the game right so it teaches you how to dump how to jump how to parry how to attack how to dash it basically teaches you what the buttons do but it doesn't teach you how the game works how you're going to encounter these uh situations and what you should be prepared for uh whereas in my opinion something like bloodborne does it shows you like this is what you need to know i guess that's the best and simplest way to put it is this is what you need to know to be properly prepared to go into the situations you're about to enter into and so that was my biggest issue especially like i said since um i've put all this uh this uh in-game currency into this one system that is really not helping me at all uh where i'm at and coins now that i you know also another thing is is you know getting 9 coins before i ever face a boss which the bosses are all over the place it's most of this game getting nine coins before i face the boss it's like oh well i'm going to be getting coins often enough when you spend a fucking hour on a boss time in and time out trying to beat them you don't get any coins at the end of it so it's in my opinion that's not very rewarding at all i get where you guys are saying oh you kind of get this breath of fresh air after you finish a boss but for me i'm usually flipping off the screen uh with both hands because i just spent so damn long watching the same animations over again listening to this song that i really liked when i first entered into the level and now I'm kind of wanting to (laughs) bash my brain into my television screen Um, and then you know that's another thing is the animation is so great the art style is so great but When I'm seeing the same thing over and over again, and especially when I'm almost going into this malaise, where there's certain parts of the boss that I can get through really easily, but really it's just this one part that's just fucking me over every time, and so I'm going to the into this malaise and really just for parts of it, just watching the characters animate in the background. Like I said at the beginning of it, I was really enjoying it. I thought, oh, this is cool. Oh, there's little flies in the frog's uh, tugboat, which actually doesn't make any sense if you think about it why would a bunch of flies be hanging around these two frogs that are clearly about to eat them <laughs> and they're like sitting at this restaurant just waiting to get like gobbled up by these frogs that's a side point but I just noticed that once again because I was looking at them for so long um, so it kind of uh, turns you at least for me it turned me against the music and the art style and the announcer coming in with his four or five different quips and I'm hearing them over and over and over and over again um, so Uh, With all that being said, I just feel like it didn't, the developers didn't adequately adequately prepare us, but then also the game itself doesn't adequately prepare you for the challenge that you're about to take on. So uh,
0: I have a couple of rebuttals. Also, I mean, every game isn't for everybody, people are going to have opinions, that's how it works.
1: Well, like I I said at the beginning, I am enjoying it, I do like it, but I want to like it so Uh, much more, and I'm, I'm like on that precipice.
0: Yeah, I also, there's something to be said about the tools that people put into games and the player. Like, a developer can never account for a random Joe Schmo playing their game. They don't know how they're going to take the game, right? That's why like QA and all that stuff is so interesting because you can think, oh, yo, we made this so clear. This person's easily going to walk through this, do this, do this, and somebody grabs a controller, does something completely opposite of that, and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so the thing I want to say about the coin thing is you get those first three coins from the kid sitting on the, on the, on the bridge, those three right. coins. After you do that, the game prompts you and says, you can visit the shop now to buy items to upgrade. And So it gives you a prompt to go to the store after you get your first three coins, your initial three coins.
1: Um, yeah, that wasn't my issue.
0: Yeah, so it was your choice to then play other levels and gain coins, so then you went to the shop with nine coins, right? The reason it's designed... Well, I
1: got, the, I got the three coins, and then I did the hit and run, but like I said, yeah. I went to the shop before I ever encountered the bosses.
0: Yeah. So the way they designed it is you get the first three coins, you prompt them to check out the store. They check out the store, they, they set up the shop in a way that you can only buy a couple of, of items with the three coins. You'd buy the three coins, then it prompts you to equip stuff, you would equip something. So... It does show you how to do that properly, and it would teach you how to only equip one thing and show you that it only equips one thing. The fact of the matter is you played it differently, which is not your fault, but you got those nine coins, you went to the shop, you bought multiple items, and you realized that not every item can be equipped. So I don't think it's the developer's fault for
2: that. So so let me give you the, the next scenario because I can't even I can't even claim that much. I guess I am just wasn't paying attention because I, I took the three coins, went to the shop, bought one thing, right? Um played the hit and run came back with you know five more coins and then bought a bunch more charms i didn't realize i was buying more charms or i guess i wasn't paying attention maybe it set it up there and then (laughs) uh and then went and tried to equip them and i'm like oh i you know then i was at the same dilemma but i guess i wasn't maybe i wasn't paying enough attention when i first equipped the first one and i didn't realize like and then i didn't realize in the shop that i was buying more charms I, i thought like I don't know what the fuck I thought. I don't know. I was was left in the same spot of like, ah, shoot. I would have bought something else if I realized whatever.
1: (laughs) To your point, Jared, there's something to be said for the fact that um, just the actual physical presence of these things, the boy is at the end of the bridge. As soon as you step off the bridge, the first hit and run is right there on your left, and then you take a couple more steps, and then the store is on your right. So for me, it was just Ah. the logical progression of (laughs) – the boy, the hit and run, and then I'll yeah, get the yeah, shot, I'm not, and then I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I just I was, felt like I kind of wasted all those coins, and yeah. they could have done a better job of explaining. This will do this. The charms go in this category. The uh, attacks go in attack one or attack yeah. two, and that could have been part of the tutorial before you ever even touch a coin, because you know you take this tutorial and it's like that doesn't allow for the oh you did it out of order or oh you didn't realize because the tutorial you have to do it when you have to do it and it's you're locked into it and uh, i don't understand why that wouldn't have been in the tutorial to begin with
0: yeah the only point i was making is that after you talk to the kid and you get the three coins they prompt you to go to the store and they kind of set it up for you to buy that item and figure out oh i only have one spot i'm not saying what you did is wrong i was just making a counterpoint to that no i
1: it's it's a good point because you know things you know especially in the way we play a lot of Open world games now stuff can just be done out of order and it can get yeah exactly it, I'm sure I'm sure from a developer standpoint it's like man we gotta try to guide them in this way otherwise they could get screwed and it's kind of on us so I totally yeah. where it come from I, uh,
0: what I want to say is so this is MDHR's first game it was 14 people the animation yeah. is and really, it feels that way yeah and it's the animation is impressive like people don't understand how painstakingly hard the process is of making that type of animation is all of that stuff hand drawn very impressive. What I will say is for a game that looks like they probably spent a majority of their time working on the art, I think they nailed the gameplay for being their first game. I do think there is a lot of area for improvement, um, and I do think a lot of your concerns right. are, are you know, hold some weight. I don't think you're just making, you know, problems out of thin air or anything like that. I understand where you're coming from. Sure. Um, I guess just... You know, people play games differently, so for me, I didn't really encounter those problems, that's not how I went about things, so I didn't really have that experience. Maybe if I did, I would be sitting here with you, chiming the same tune. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I love this game personally. Uh, for me, uh, I'm excited to see how well it's selling. Obviously, we don't have the numbers for console, but on Steam, it sold 250,000 copies.
1: It seems like very popular across the yeah. industry.
0: which I think is great because I mean, these people worked really hard on it. Um, I've, I want to see a sequel or something else from the studio because I do think they're talented. And with the game under their belt, um, hopefully they can fix issues that way. You know, Like you said, it's hard for a developer to account for every different possibility. And for a first-time dev team, I think they did do a really good job. Yes, there are areas where they can fix it, like you said. Um, but I am excited to see where they go from here. Another thing I wanted to talk about, people have been having this conjecture of like, oh, I can't wait for this to come to PS4. The developers themselves, MDHR, have come out and stated this will never come anywhere else.
1: Um, Which really fucking sucks when you think about it because it's doing this well and it's this popular... Uh, without it being on the most popular console in the world. So you think about how much more they could be selling, and that really kind of saddens me for them in a way. And, um, you know, I didn't even need them to say that. I mean, Microsoft funded this game, so it'd be a Mass Effect trilogy collection type deal if it ever did, which, you know, is is very much slim to none. So So, I think... um, I do also think though that you're definitely going to get an expansion to this. I can see it. Yeah. With the the way the islands are set up and
2: stuff like exactly. that. It's
1: like all you got to do is throw another one in there. Um, so
2: to that point, I do have to point out because this is for PC and they're making a Mac version soon. I think there's a lot of misconception that pretty much I'm willing to say like if your PC runs Windows 10, it can definitely play this game. Yeah, I don't think it's this like, is very the PC game. Yeah. Yeah, the PC requirements are extremely low. So if you bought a laptop in the last, you know handful of years it can certainly run this game windows yeah. 10 being the prerequisite which if you didn't have windows 10 there was a free upgrade so you if you missed that uh, then that's your fault.
0: also fun fact there's as many hand-drawn frames as this as a full feature-length animated film so
1: yeah yeah it's it very impressive me.
0: exactly um It it does suck, but I do think this is a good thing for Xbox, you know, (laughs) in a year where there's so many questions about Xbox, this, Xbox, I think this was a real hit. Oh, they need this. Yeah, this game wouldn't have happened without Microsoft. They helped fund this game to what it was. The developers uh, put a second mortgage on their house. I'm glad that they're seeing success. Jesus. Yeah, in order to develop this game, before Microsoft jumped in, they put a second mortgage on their house because they wanted to make this game. That's how passionate they were about bringing this to fruition, which is really cool. Um, Good for them.
1: Yeah, I think before we close out the
0: show, we're all up and up on Cuphead. Obviously, Journey you have some gripes on it, which is perfectly fine. I would
1: like to make one other point, if you don't mind, Jerry. Okay. Um, I think there's something to be said with this difficulty. Uh, like I said, I consider it to be tough as nails. And I do have, you know, I, I express my my qualms about the way in which that difficulty is presented to you. Um, but one thing I can definitely, I definitely get the vibe of is part, uh, the difficulty partially is padding for the game. Uh, I think that there's plenty of content in the game, and you were describing you know, the amount of animated frames in it, yeah. um, but you can definitely tell that like, if you're not spending an hour on each of these bosses, you're probably going to get through this game quite a bit quicker, and uh, even though it's only $20, I could see people saying, you know, oh, there's not enough content, this, that, and the other, so I definitely, there's parts in the game where I'm like, yeah, you know, there's Plenty of bosses, plenty of hit and runs. I'm sure by the end of it, but you know you're spending a lot of times in these single screen uh, encounters where you're really just running. You know, in this one square, the screen doesn't really move at all, and so it's really just the animation happening in the background and then what you're doing with the boss that you've encountered. So I definitely think there's something to be said for the fact that uh, you know you got to admit that part of this is padding. Well, I think
0: it's a byproduct uh, of the animation. Sorry, go ahead, Dom. No, because yeah, that's that's,
2: that's a that's a good point, but it's I mean it's by design too. So I think it's it's totally valid because if you look at Dark Souls and Bloodborne, those worlds are really not very big at all. They're kind of small and narrow, um, and if you were to just run end to end through any of those games, it would only take you a few minutes, right? But you're spending a lot of time, you know, dying and going back again and taking your time and sure, and so every on. game so has kind of padding. Thing.
1: Some more than others, but I do feel like it kind of sticks out to me in this game because you are spending, you know, you're spending sometimes hours on a single boss. Yeah.
0: Um, I do think there is a conversation, too, that is a very divisive topic in which uh, I forgot who it was. Somebody was tweeting about this, and they were talking about how one game dev felt that you need to make your games as accessible as possible to as many people as possible in terms of difficulty – and obviously there yep. was an opposite side of that argument of like, no, if a, dem- uh, a dev wants to make their game difficult, it's their right to do so. They shouldn't have to uh, adhere to the lowest common denominator, which I agree with. Um,
1: I think that, I do too.
0: Yeah, I think if you want your game to be difficult, let it be difficult. There's no need to have an easy mode in there. It's up to the developer and, uh, you know, people... Which they
1: do, by the way. Yeah, they do have it an easy it mode. has... Yeah. You, every time you jump into a level, it, it says you want to do... It's called Simple or Regular, and that is... It's kind of like... I mean they're not like straight up putting people down but I definitely feel like you know I don't want to pick the simple version I want to play and it's not even you know easy or hard it's the regular version is the one that's tough as nails so you know I'm obviously choosing the regular version because I don't want to be sitting here playing a gimped also, version.
0: really cool thing. There's a lot of un- hidden unlockables in this game. If you go through all of the running guns pacifist style without killing a single enemy, you unlock black and white mode. So it looks like classic oh, steam, uh, Steamboat right. Willie. Uh, there's like a, b- a bunch of different things you can unlock, which is really cool. Um, but I think that's it for Episode 74. Uh, hopping into what we're going to be playing and everything. Uh, going to be playing more Zelda, more SteamWorld Dig 2, um, more Cuphead. I'm not finished with that, obviously. Um Going to be renting Blade Runner Perfect Cut on uh, YouTube. Final. Fine rent? Uh, Final Cut, sorry. You can rent it for like 3 bucks. So I'm going to watch that, watch all the shorts, even though I've already watched the Dave Bautista one, um, and then watch the movie this weekend. Uh, like I said, I have no nostalgia for Blade Runner. I've never seen it, whatever. I've heard some people say that it holds up. I've heard some other people say that it doesn't by any means. So it definitely
1: holds up, but it's a movie that can be, you know, I have no idea what you'll think of it, but uh, yeah. it's a movie that's not, like... It's definitely not the most accessible movie out yeah. there. You I'm going in with the
0: open mind. I'm, the I'm,
1: mindset. Yeah. I love sci-fi and stuff, so I'm just going in there with an open
0: mind. We'll see if I like it or not. Either I'm, either way, Whether I like the old Blade Runner or not won't change the fact that I'm going to watch the new one this weekend, so it's
1: going to be right. interesting. Um, Whatever the opposite is for a shout-out, because I watched the... <laughs> the uh, You know, on the Warner Brothers YouTube channel, I watch the two live action shorts that are for Blade Runner 2049 really poor quality a lot of pixelation on the video and then the audio quality was damn near abysmal so and this you know it's not just them I see all the time where like big companies they'll upload music videos or uh, just videos whatever in general and you know it doesn't help that YouTube bit the YouTube bitrate isn't great sorry this is a fucking tangent but yeah it's just sad to see when like a big company who should have the production down pat is like uploading shitty quality video
0: yeah so. uh also, shout out to them releasing another Thor Ragnarok trailer, and they're releasing another Justice League trailer. Like, really? Those movies are right around the corner. It's insane. Uh, not yeah. watching either of those. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Blade Runner and all the games I've been playing. Uh, yeah. What about you guys? Dishonored.
1: And more Cuphead? Jeez. You you me. didn't say how this far is are you are. You in Skyrim?
2: Uh, I, uh. Like I'm. I've completed the first world entirely. The first uh, I, Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you're you're in the theme park area now, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I'm on like the cupcake lady or whatever the hell. She it has is.
0: a one of those bosses in that area. I don't want to spoil it if Jordan hasn't gone there. One of those bosses in that area is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It's very very good art, but it's weird
2: and freaky looking. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that one yet, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Real quick, what do you guys think about the parry because I feel like the timing is weird on the parry. I feel like it says you're supposed to jump and then when you get to the pink thing that you're parrying, then you jump, you press the jump button again. I feel yeah. like it's early. Like you're supposed to you're supposed to hit the button earlier than you think you should. Early. Yeah, so I think, I, in my opinion. I, I agreed
2: with you. Um I, I was with you 100%. I just couldn't get it. I couldn't figure it out. I was like it feels a little off. Um I went and did that little ghost level where basically all you're doing is parrying and by the end oh, of the that mausolean. I was like I got it. Yeah. Th- those There's, are really helpful, I'll too. Say,
0: I'll give it to them, because those levels really help you with parrying, Dom. I had the same issue. I couldn't figure it out. And then yeah. the mausoleum. I did the mausoleum thing with uh, parrying the ghosts, and I'm good now.
1: I'm not having trouble with it. I'm just, every time I'm doing it, I'm having to like, remind myself to do it just a tine, tiny bit early. But I will say, any game, and even Bloodborne's like this, any game with a parry, uh, the parry almost never feels <laughs> Yeah. Right to me. It's like yeah. it always yeah. just the timing is like... You, you know, this doesn't feel right, right? This is not how it, you know, this is not like the button timing that I think it, yeah, you're asking me to do. So it, you, you always know, expect it thing. to be like a lot more accurate and it's a little, it
0: gives you, a, it's a little bit earlier than you anticipate. I agree with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Rarely a parry in a game. Even Witcher, it's like the parry is just like <laughs> yeah. you want me to go just a little earlier than I think I need to go. And so it's really hard to train your brain to yeah. do that.
0: Uh, are you done now? Is that everything? Death, uh, Death of the Outsider, and I asked you about Cuphead, so
2: yeah, Cuphead and Shit. Mugman. Don't forget about Mugman and Mugman. Yeah, yeah, your boy Mugman.
0: Also, weird that when you respawn, he drinks out of his own head. Really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, he'll pull the Mugman will pull down his straw and drink out of his own head. Drink his own brains. Terrifying. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jordan, what about you? Um. Yeah. So I'm assuming that I'm definitely going to be playing more Destiny. I will. be getting to Cuphead, but the the thing with me and Cuphead is that I'm going to just start playing it in smaller bursts. I'm really going to be like jumping in for a boss and then jumping back out. So I might be a long time before I complete this game. I absolutely intend to complete it at some point, uh, but it's one of those things. And you know, there's shows that I have this with, other games where I'm like, I like this, but I have to do it. Comics, especially there's certain comics, like I like it, but I have to do it in short bursts or it just doesn't sit right with me. So... Cuphead is definitely one of those things. That's how I'll be playing it in the future. I am, as far as my progress, uh, I've made it past uh, the vegetable patch bosses. I did the uh, the big blue guy, um, the blue blob guy. Oh, the Dragon Quest uh,
0: slime. <laughs> That's what I
1: called him Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he uh, yeah, kind of looks yeah. like that. And then uh, I've done the frogs as well. Um, so. Uh, pretty early pretty early so, and uh haven't even finished the first world
0: really quick you talked about the frogs being in there my 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 personal context my personal lore for that is that there's some like rough and tumble fighter guys right so to me yeah, if you're in a bar and you want to watch tough dudes beat the hell out of each other well what's terrifying and tough to a fly a frog you know so
1: they would watch frogs it's, beat yeah, each other yeah but up. like but like when you are going to a rough and tumble spot to watch some rough and tumble, you don't guys, think they're going to eat like, you. You're not there. They're not your predators. Yeah, yeah it's like it's a cartoon. It's like but, if yeah, like my... it's like if a bunch of cat, uh, mice were hanging out at a bar run by tough ass cats where you know? cats are like, fighting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't. You guys are about to get chomped. It, you know? it could be so some weird just... thing
0: too. Where like. The flies are actually in charge, and like they have a system to deal with the frogs. And the frogs are actually their prisoners,
1: and they fight for them. Or they're just like they're masochistic as hell. Yeah, they're exactly. Just, like, they want to be eaten.
2: So they basically, want to be tortured and have exactly. Their wings basically, yeah. we're gonna write a cartoon. Exactly. Is exactly. That what? Is that? That's what happened. It would tonight,
1: be now. dope if we got like a Cuphead cartoon that wasn't anything to do. with, oh, like, yeah. It didn't have gameplay elements. It was just oh. like a short or maybe a mini series you know, Netflix series. even. Yeah, though I was going to say Netflix dope. is calling. I
0: really want to, yeah. speaking of that, I really want a movie, an animated movie with the styling of the beginning of Sonic Mania. I love that art style at the beginning of Sonic Mania when they show the little like animated short with the characters.
2: I don't know if you guys have seen yeah. it or not.
0: Oh, it looks so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a Sonic movie, which I never thought I would say, but,
1: um, so I should probably say at this point what I'm going to be doing this yeah. week uh, so of course I'm just about to go as soon as we hop off here I'm about to go to Blade Runner 2049 Hell yeah. um, so super excited about that I love Blade Runner uh, obviously you guys know how much I am into cyberpunk and Blade Runner is uh, you know basically the biggest cyberpunk movie of all time and, and definitely one of the most influential pieces of cyberpunk media uh, there has ever been I mean blade runner is just really influential period for all different kinds of um you know it's influenced anime and video games and um obviously like tvs comics stuff like that so very very cool property and i'm glad to see it coming back i'm glad to see it being taken care of by Denis Villeneuve, who is a very capable director one of my favorite in hollywood right now has directed such classics as sicario and the arrival or arrival i should say um, and he's also going to be the one taking over the Dune property coming up soon. So I'm really glad to see that uh, the Blade that Blade Runner is getting the treatment that it deserves. And now hopefully Dune will be as well.
0: His DP uh, is like really to good say, too, isn't he?
1: Well, I know. Yeah, he. I, I don't know who that is specifically. But I do know that his movies are extremely well shot. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll Google it while you keep going about what you're going to be doing. Sorry.
1: So... I like to say to myself, in Denis we trust, uh, because he's handling these <laughs> these tough properties with Blade Runner and Dune coming up, so in Denis we trust, indeed. Uh, other than that... Roger Deakins uh, is the name of the DP. Roger Deakins, shout the fuck out to that dude. He did Sicario,
0: um, uh, he did No Country for Old Men, he has a pretty good track record, so...
1: Have you guys seen Sicario?
0: Uh no, it's on my uh it's on my list of movies I need to get to. Movies I missed and I'm ashamed of.
1: Dominic? No. Absolutely unequivocally, as soon as you possibly can, watch Sicario. Watch Sicario. My girl Emily Blunt's in there, like fucking do that shit. It is an incredible, incredible film. Sicario It was on Netflix
0: too, I think, for a while. I don't know if it's still on there.
1: Yeah, I have no idea about that, yeah. but it is absolutely worth a watch, even if you got to pay for it, track it down, what the fuck ever. Yeah, I mean, it's on digital HD, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, besides that, like I said, I finished 91 Days. Um, so I'll I'll probably be jumping into some new anime Uh, I won't bore you with those details Um, but uh, I'm excited to finish up Destiny and see kind of what the end game feels like because obviously a lot of people are talking about that that's really kind of where people go when they're really into Destiny they're talking about the end game stuff they're not really talking about your first 20 levels so um, I'm actually planning on jumping back into Crucible some more and um, then you know doing some strikes and some raids and uh, well I guess there's just the one raid but um, you know, I'll probably jump into the raid and uh, have to do that with other people. Ugh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how uh, connected I still am to Destiny once I finish that campaign and get to level 20. Also, could we go ahead and get the HDR patch? Because I'm ready, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's like a month after release. I think it's about time. Bungie, yeah. please. <clears throat> um, so, yeah.
0: You were talking about Blade Runner and Cyberpunk. Obviously, I don't remember if you ever said you were going to eventually get to it. Do you have any plans of playing Observer?
1: I've played it. Oh, okay. I, I don't I couldn't remember I... if
0: you if you bought it or not. My bad. I just one of those things yeah, I,
1: thing I can't remember. Uh... So we'll go. We'll talk about this real quick for a sec. Observer's really cool because uh, you know, just talking about the influence of Blade Runner. Observer stars Rutger Hauer, who is the main replicant, the main android in the movie Blade Runner. So it's like, clearly, this European studio was like, dude, we fucking love this shit. We love Blade Runner. We love cyberpunk. Like, let's get one of the cyberpunk dudes, you know, well-known cyberpunk dudes, and have him in here. He's he's over seventy at this point, and he's the main character that you play as in Observer. Love Observer is a cy- cyberpunk. Yeah, he's got a really cool voice, really cool accent. Um, Observer is this cyberpunk first-person horror where you're um, basically uh, you're kind of a semi-cop. You're not like an actual cop, but you're um, uncovering this mystery of what happened to your son, and then it goes into these fucking just trippy as fuck like dark trippy not like happy trippy like dark fucked up trippy shit that like these uh experiences that you're going through when you're like plugging into people's brains and observing you know so uh i haven't finished it but i have started it and i meant to mention it so i'm glad you brought (laughs) it up jerry
0: shout out to multiple endings too death of the outsider and observer has multiple endings so um Have you jumped into it at all? I watched a gameplay playthrough because it's one of those games I was interested in, but I never thought I was going to get around to actually playing it. And Jesse Cox, who's this YouTuber that I really like, he played it with a group of people called the Scary Game Squad that he does videos with. And it's just, it's really funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic game from what I saw. Awesome.
1: Love Um, that first person horror and love Cyberpunk. So it's a really great marrying. And I think you can agree that, like, when he plugs into somebody, those trips that he goes on are fucking crazy <laughs> yeah. dark shit.
0: I, I loved it though because fucked up shit. In a sense, it is kind of like I know people hate the term, but like it is, it was, it's kind of like a a horror walking sim in a lot of ways. But like I think yeah. like the way they handle it is fantastic. Like that game's great. Um, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much it for this week. Uh, what I was the last thing I was going to say is uh, that Pokemon I Choose You trailer looked cool. It's coming to select theaters next month, so I'm going to try to watch that too when it comes out um yeah if you can follow us on twitter at uh That's it's controlled interest abbreviated i'm at jared underscore jordan is at melamodus and dom is at dom's oreos please subscribe to us on youtube it helps uh if even if you're not going to watch the video please head on over and hit that red button and subscribe to us as well please follow us on itunes if you aren't already and if you are go ahead and leave us a review that definitely helps us out as well and uh yeah we'll catch you guys next week um with episode 75 bye